Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. All right, another amazing day with President Trump. This guy just will not stop. He is on the road to re-election. Of course, we're going to see a lot more of Donald Trump in the coming weeks, leading up until we vote on November 4th. And uh, vote however you possibly can. If you're not sure how to vote online, I believe you can just go to vote.org and you can figure out how you can register for an absentee ballot. Um, Nothing wrong with that. So... So if you can't make it in to go and vote, to cast your vote in person, you can still sign up. You can still register. There's still time to sign up as an absentee voter. First, we're going to go to the actual rally from today in Las Vegas. Sometimes they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but not today, obviously. These last few days, President Trump has uh, had some very lively, some very colorful protests, peaceful protests rallies, whatever you want to call them, speeches, and today was no different, so I hope you enjoy this one. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's great to be with you. And a very special hello, Nevada. Hello, Nevada. But I'm thrilled to be here with you in Henderson. Thousands of loyal, hardworking, great American patriots. And 51 days from now, we're going to win Nevada. And we're going to win four more years in the White House. And after we win four more years, we'll ask for maybe another four or so. Well, thank you very much. Uh, You know, whenever I say that, I watch, look at all that news back there. Look at all that fake news. When I say that, their heads explode. Our movement is pro-jobs, pro-worker, pro-police, and 100% pro-American. As we begin tonight, our thoughts are with the two sheriff's deputies in Los Angeles who were fighting for their lives when a vicious criminal walked up to their vehicle and shot them at point-blank range. Tonight, we send our love and our support to their families, and we pray to God for their recovery. The radical left in America is waging open war on law enforcement. Hundreds of officers nationwide have been injured in left-wing riots and mobs. You see it. You see it all the time. Please sit down. Please, let's have a little fun. We got plenty of time. I mean, here it is. I mean, you know. What do we have? Football's boring as hell. 
It's just not the same, right? I don't know. Used to be said, people would say, hey, could you keep it away from a football game? Now they say, could you possibly do it during a football game? We have some free time. But during violent demonstrations in Las Vegas, a 29-year-old police officer, you know this very well, was deliberately shot in the head, leaving the young, brave officer paralyzed. Yet, sleepy Joe Biden and his supporters continue their dangerous war on the police. They're putting the lives of our brave officers directly in harm's way. At his convention, he never even mentioned the words law and order, never mentioned them once. Now he's all of a sudden, his polls are dropping like a rock, and he's starting to say, well, we need law and order. And then he goes back into the basement for four days. What happens to this guy? I know what happens to him. He's shot. That's what happened to him. Every once in a while, the great Dana White. Does anybody know Dana White? He's got some champions with him tonight. You know, he's here. I'm going to introduce him. But he's got — but every once in a while, I'll ask him, what happened to that guy? He said, sir, he's been shot for the last long time. Should have left a long time ago. That's Joe Biden. Joe Biden. He's shot. And everybody knows it. And you know what? They ought to be ashamed, because they do interviews with him, they give him the questions, and they let him read the answer from a teleprompter, and that's the fake news. How about the other day? Could you move that a little bit closer? See these things? Move it up. But I must tell you, at great peril, I use them seldom. But those are the times we have the best fun, too, I will say. That's what we, and that's actually when we learn the most. For the entire summer, Biden was silent as left-wing mobs assaulted police officers. When Biden's far-left supporters set fire to police cars and precinct stations, Courthouses, Joe Biden called them peaceful protesters, right? They call them peaceful protesters. And you know, when we go to these radical left places that are having problems, because everyone, look at the top 10, you go back, go top 20, top 30, take a look. Democrat run, radical left wing Democrat usually run, not Republican run, Democrat run. And we go back and we take a look. We want to give them help. They don't want help. But when they do ask for help, and when they do, we go in. Like Minneapolis, the National Guard went in. Took 35 minutes to quell a situation that went on for two weeks. They knew we were going in to Seattle. We told them we're going in tomorrow morning. And so they sent them in. They didn't want that to happen. And we let the protesters know, or whatever you call them. They're really anarchists. They're not protesters. So we let the anarchists know that we were going in with approximately 10,000 very tough people. And uh, they immediately raised their hands, and the Seattle police, who, by the way, could do a great job if they were let to do their job. But they're not. They're not. And as you know, in Portland the other day, we had to send in the U.S. Marshals, a man who's a bad guy, bad guy, shot somebody right in the middle of the street, who they say was a very fine young man, shot him, killed him. God, I just shot him like it was on television. Two and a half days, nothing happened. I said, what's going on? We sent in the U.S. Marshals. It was taken care of in 15 minutes, okay? 15 minutes.
When asked if he would cut police funding, Sleepy Joe said, absolutely, yes, I would. Now he's trying to change his mind. You ever see a guy, he changed his mind on fracking? Okay. There will be no fracking. You know that? He went all through the debates. He doesn't even know what fracking is, I guarantee you. He was told to say that by Bernie and the radical left and his vice president. By the way, how bad is she? She's the worst. You know, we're going to have a woman president someday. Not going to be her. Not going to be her. And that's no way to attain the office. We got in there because Sleepy Joe couldn't handle it anymore. You know, Joe was bad in primetime. See, the reason I can talk so badly about him, because he did an ad where he had me standing over the grave and the graves of our fallen heroes from many years ago. And, and they said, and nobody loves the military more. Look what I've done for them, two and a half trillion dollars. And in the end, they have me saying horrible things in front of other people. Nobody would have put up with that. It was totally, it's called disinformation. They make up a total lie. They put it out, then they do ads. So once he did that, I said, now I really, look, it's okay. It's okay, because now that gloves are off, I can say that this man is totally unfit to be president. Up here, he's totally unfit. He can't be your president. You know, I've gotten to know President Xi of China. I've gotten to know President Putin of Russia. And by the way, getting along with them is good. Although China, I must tell you, got a real problem with China. What they did with us, we can never forget that. We made a great trade deal. The ink wasn't dry when the plague came in from China. They stopped it from going into China, but they didn't stop it from going in to our country, Europe, and the rest of the world, okay? They could have done that. But you see, uh, I deal with all of these people, and uh, they don't have the kind of mental problem that Sleepy Joe has. They're very sharp. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un doesn't know about the problems that Joe has. We need very sharp people. I'm sorry. Joe is not qualified for this position. Joe calls for abolishing cash bail and closing your prisons. He wants to close prisons. And he even called law enforcement the enemy recently. You saw that, the enemy, until his polls started dropping. Then all of a sudden he said, no, we love law enforcement. I think I've gotten every major law enforcement group in the country, right? I even got, you saw recently, I got New York's finest, and they are New York's finest, but they're not allowed to do their job. They're not allowed. We have a radical left mayor who has no clue. He has no clue what's happening to that poor city. I love that city. What's happening to that city? 300% up. Look, 300% in certain very bad crimes, New York. There's no reason for this. And we have the greatest police. They're great. New York's finest. They endorse me. Chicago, Fraternal Order of Police. Chicago, endorse me. Oklahoma, endorse me. Texas, endorse me. Florida, endorse me. Every place, endorse me. And if you think it's easy for New York and Chicago and these different places, Ohio, endorse me. If you think it's easy for these guys, they never endorsed New York. They said, they cannot remember ever having endorsed a presidential candidate. They endorsed me.
and they're going against their radical left culture that's destroying the city. So I was very honored. But how about Chicago? Do you think it's easy for these great police in Chicago to endorse me? It's not easy. But they felt that they had an obligation to do it. So I'm just — it just happened. I'm just very honored by it. And Biden's anti-police crusade must stop. It's got to stop. It's got to stop now. Furthermore, the corporations, these poor, stupid people that run the — you know, they get paid a lot of money. They're weak, ineffective people, let's face it. They're funding anti-police organizations and other organizations that are it's — it's so embarrassing. And I don't mean for a little. Like, they gave $100 million and $250 million. You're talking about serious money. You're talking about serious money. And that money is not used for good reasons. And these stupid corporations — and they'll be the first to go if the radical left ever took — they'd throw those guys out like they were nothing. If they were lucky, they'd just be thrown out. It would probably be a lot rougher than that. These people don't know what they're getting into. But instead of giving money, they should give money to the families of the crime victims and the fallen officers. That's what they should do. So, in the Republican Party, we know that police officers are not villains, but the heroes who risk their lives to keep us safe. And they guard, you know, the thing that's incredible I, — I know so many police, they're so good — one bad apple, and they're on for months. One bad apple, they go on for months. The thousands and tens of thousands of good things, nobody talks about it. These are great people that have done a great job. And we have to support our law enforcement. So Biden wants to appease domestic terrorists. And my plan is to arrest domestic terrorists. Okay? And we also believe that if you murder a police officer, you should receive the death penalty. And that's something that's very important. And you saw a video of that animal that went up to the car. Did everybody see that? This animal — this animal goes up to the car. Two unsuspecting fine people — they were supposed — fine people. I mean, they're in very grave condition, as you know. Fine people. He's an animal. And I called him an animal. And I was criticized by people calling him an animal. They said, he's a human being. He's not a human being. He's an animal. He's not a human being. Joe Biden opposes the death penalty even for cops who — I mean, look, you have to see — even for these cop killers who go around, the predators, they murder children, people like the Boston bomber. He opposes the death penalty for the Boston bomber. He wants to give prisoners a vote. He wants to have the Boston bomber be able to vote. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know who started that? Bernie Sanders, Crazy Bernie. He wants to have — Crazy Bernie says, no, no, they have to vote. So they asked him, well, does that mean every — that means everybody that's in prison should be entitled to a vote, right? 
So they actually said, well, what is that? What about the Boston bomber? Should he be entitled? And Bernie goes, uh, yeah, yeah, he should be entitled. <laughs> Bernie is crazy, but you know, the fact is that we got a lot of Bernie votes four years ago because Bernie's right about one thing, trade. Because all of these countries, friend and foe, they rip off the United States. We've, we have made so many great trade deals, and you see it. USMCA, we got rid of NAFTA, so many. But Biden is too weak to be president, and he's not a smart person. And by the way, he wasn't smart 25 years ago. Everybody knew it. Now we don't even have to discuss the matter. But I was going to say, when he put that ad up, we told him to take it down. When he put that ad up, that dishonored our fallen heroes. They are great, great heroes of mine, of yours, of everybody's. I know really bad people. No bad person. The worst person I know. I, saw, I know some beauties from New York. I know some developers in New York, actually. Nobody would say what they said. They made it up. It was a made-up statement, and they put it up as, in the form of an ad from a third-rate magazine whose best friend is Obama, who, by the way, who, by the way, who, by the way, got caught spying on my campaign. He got caught. We caught him cold. We have him cold. Now let's see what happens. Now, the Republicans, you know, it's interesting. We have much better policy, but the Republicans, they don't fight like Colby. You know who Colby is? You're going to say hello to Colby. They don't fight like Colby. They don't fight to win. They've, they've just done they're better policy, but they're not, they don't have that vicious streak. If this were reversed, if this were reversed, they would be in jail for two years already, and it would be for a 50-year term for treason. That's what it would be, okay? But Biden's too scared to stand up to the crazy socialists and never will. He'll never have the strength. And he's, he's going downhill fast. It's going to be very interesting. And, you know, I called for a drug test because, you know what? I want a drug test because we don't want to have a situation like we could have with this guy. I watched him in debates with the other 24 lunatics. Right? And he was so bad. No, he was so bad. You know, maybe he'll win because they don't like me. They don't like my personality. But I hate to say it. I'm what you need. I'm what you need. But if Biden ever did win, he would surrender your country to the mob. You know that. And he will have nothing to do with it. It's not him. I mean, he's being — he's going to be pushed around. And she's — by the way, just so you know what you're going to get, she's considered far more liberal than Bernie Sanders. How about that? That's what you're going to have. I don't think your state is into that. Unlike Biden, I'll always stand with the heroes of law enforcement. 
And I'm deeply honored to have gotten all of those endorsements. That, to me, is a really big deal. That, to me, is really a big deal. And I just want to thank all of them, including the National Troopers Association and Coalition just came in. We also received the endorsement, total and complete endorsement from the Public Safety Alliance of Nevada and the Las Vegas Police Protective Association from Nevada. And I want to thank for that Steve Grammas, who's with us tonight. Where's Steve? Was Steve here? Steve, thank you. Thank you. That's a big deal. Make sure they get out and vote, Steve, because they're playing around with the ballots, okay? You know, you're governor. So we had many sites, by the way, all exterior sites, all outside. Today you'll hear these phonies back there. Well, look at that. Now, today you're going to hear them. They'll say, oh, it was in Well, the reason it was we had five sites, all outside sites, like last night. Tremendous room. And a great gentleman who owns this building said, you know what? What they're doing is really unfair. You can use my building. Don, I want to thank you. Don. I want to thank you. This is the most important election in the history of our country. At no time before has there been a clearer choice between two parties, two visions, two philosophies, two agendas for the future. Joe Biden spent the last 47 years selling out America. Look at what he's done. Everything he's done was wrong. He always voted the wrong way. Even his Secretary of Defense, his Secretary of State, they said he always voted the wrong way. He was offshoring your jobs, throwing open your borders, depleting our military, and sacrificing your children's future to China and other faraway lands. I've spent the last four years. <laughs> Only in Nevada can you have it. I would never say it. So what did you say? Okay. This way I can't get in trouble. I've spent the last four years bringing our jobs back to America, securing our borders, rebuilding our military, and standing up to China like no other president has ever done. If Biden wins, China wins. If Biden wins, the mob wins. If Biden wins, the rioters and anarchists and an — look, you see what's going on. The arsonists and flag burners. How about the flag burning? I would love — I would love to have a law. This is so sad, what's going on. When I see the American flag burn, I get so angry. I get so angry. I would love to have a law. It has to go through a big process. You burn the flag, you go to jail for one year. I would love to see it. 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 If I were a congressman or a senator, I'd be in there with that one. You know, this old freedom of speech. That's not freedom of speech. You burn the flag, you should go to jail for one year. I really mean that. 
They'll say, oh, it's horrible. He's against free speech. No, no, we're not. We're not against free speech. But I'm running for re-election to bring back the tremendous prosperity that we enjoyed before the plague came in, and it's happening very fast. And I'm running for your state. I love this state. You know, I put a lot of money in this state, and it's been a great investment, and we want to keep this state strong, not for that reason, by the way, for other reasons, because this is a great place. You have a governor right now who's a political hack. We want to put violent criminals behind bars and tell your governor to open up your state, by the way. Open up your state. You know, just so you know, these shutdowns, we did the right thing. We had the greatest economy in the history of the world. They came in. They saw, we were all seeing what was happening. We closed up. I, I mean, you know how that, you're presiding over the greatest economy in history. And a group of very smart people walk in and say, sir, we have to close it. And we did the right thing. We closed it. Well, actually, he didn't think we should close it yet, but later on he said, we did the right thing. We closed it. We closed it. We saved millions of lives. If we wouldn't have closed it, we would have been talking two and a half or three million. We're at 180. It's far too much. But we would have, we would have been talking about it would have been unacceptable, unsustainable. It would have been so bad. Think of it. We're at 180,000. Other countries are doing terribly. Did you see the statistics of us compared to other countries, us compared to Europe, us compared? We have done an incredible job. We get absolutely no credit for the job we've done. And I don't want it myself, but I want it for the admirals and the generals and Mike Pence. And Joe Biden was against it, remember? He was totally against closing. He said, oh, he's xenophobic. I'm xenophobic. I wanted it closed, and nobody else did. At that time, nobody else did. I was way early. You know, they say, he didn't act fast. I was months early. Nancy Pelosi was a month and a half later saying, come to Chinatown. Let's come to Chinatown. And Sleepy Joe was totally, he thought what I was doing was terrible. Then all of a sudden, now I see him saying, he should have closed it earlier. This guy, you know, the great, the great thing about the age in which we live, it's all down in tape. You know, it's all down. I've got a reel on him. We call it, we call it Biden's best. You got to hear this. But we want to ensure the future of America, not the future of China and other countries. Because if we win, America wins. And it's all about America first. You know, you've had uh, presidents, they never put America first. They didn't put America first. They didn't take care of our country, but we're taking care of our country now. Joe Biden cannot lead our country because he really doesn't believe truly in our country. But I, I sort of that I think that's a very strong statement. I don't think he has a clue, I'll be honest. The people that push him around don't believe in our country. Because he agreed to a manifesto with Crazy Bernie, right? It's called the manifesto. You know why it's called the manifesto? Because this is beyond socialism. This is a word that starts with a C, not an S. Yeah. That's where they're coming from.
That's what they're coming from. At Biden's convention, they decried America wicked, and they were saying it's wicked, sinful. It's destined for a fate of doom and despair. That was, by the way, that was the most, that was the most depressing convention. We had a great convention. We had a great convention. They actually said America wasn't great. They actually said that America was never great. You know who said that? Cuomo, the governor of New York, said America wasn't great. I don't know if he's going to get away with that one. That's going to, that's going to haunt him. That's going to haunt him. America wasn't great. Him and his uh, brother, Fredo. Do you ever watch Fredo? His ratings aren't very good, so you probably don't. But we know the truth. America is the most exceptional nation on Earth. And our destiny is blessed by God. We love this nation with all of our heart and soul. And we will always take care of our nation. You know, uh, we have a little expression, make America great again. That's what's happened. And, you know, we had it done. Now I say, make America great again, again. <laughs> comma. I go, comma, again. And that's what we're doing at a record clip. They've never had a clip like this with the jobs and everything else. You see the numbers. On November 3rd, Nevada will decide whether we will quickly return to record prosperity, and we're doing it. We're going to have a tremendous year next year. Or whether we'll allow Joe Biden and the group of handlers to impose a $4 trillion tax hike, ban American energy, destroy our suburbs, demolish our Second Amendment, and indoctrinate your children with a poisonous anti-American lie. Yeah, get him out of here, would you please? Under my leadership, we built the greatest economy in the world. He's going home to mom. And now we're doing it again. We're developing a vaccine in record time. The other administration would have been years, and we're almost there. It's going to be announced very soon. We'll be ready before the end of the year, and we will very easily defeat the China virus. That's what's happening. And we're already making that turn. We're making that round, beautiful last turn. But it should have never happened. 
China should have never let that happen. They should have stopped it in China. Under my administration, before the virus, we quickly achieved the lowest unemployment rate in Nevada's history, and we'll soon be there again. You see what's happening. A guy like Biden would totally eradicate Nevada's economy. He would make it impossible for you to compete, and he's already said, if the doctors suggested it, he would shut down the country again. We're not shutting down our country. A shutdown will destroy the lives and dreams of tens of millions of Americans. Uh, look, the Americans, you know, on the other side, if you look at these shutdowns, and you're living through it right now, you know, there aren't many states that are shut down. They're all Democrats. North Carolina, your state, but North Carolina, we're not, you know, you take a look at North Carolina, Pennsylvania shut down. Every one of them that are shut down are doing not well. They're not doing well. And they all have Democrat governors. And you know, when you look at the suicide rates, when you look at all of the suicide, all of the domestic violence, the drugs, all of the problems, we can't have it. We can't have it. Open up your state. You've got to open up your state. It's all political. It's all political. It's all political. On November 4th, they'll announce, we're going to open up the states. They're only doing it to affect your November 3rd great election, most important election. Biden will always do whatever the radical left demands. And if elected, his radical supporters won't just be causing mayhem on the streets. They'll be running the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, and by the way, the United States Supreme Court. And we will have a very different country. You know, the next president probably will have anywhere one, two, three, or four Supreme Court justices. So, if you want your Second Amendment, if you want life, if you want so many other things, even having to do with your military, even having to do with your vets, if you want things, if you want, you've got to, you've got to have the court. Because, you know, they'll last for 25, 30, 40 years. They're put on as young people, and they stay a long time. Our country will never be the same. We'll never be able to recover from it. So you got to get out on November 3rd or early voting. You got to get out and vote. And you could send your ballot, and then you have to check that your ballot's counted because they might not count your ballot in this state. They may not count your ballot. But we're looking to save, and we're going to save America. We're not going to let that happen. So we're joined tonight by two terrific congressional candidates that have been just incredible in the job they've done. You see it. I mean, you've seen it all the way. The job they've done in their campaign. They beat people that were very good, very talented, great politicians, and they won. Dan, where is he? Dan Rodemer. Dan Rodemer. Dan Rodemer. And we're with you all the way, Dan. And Jim Marchant. Jim, thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. So we're backing you all the way. You got to get them in. We need, uh, we will take back the House. You know why? Because people cannot stand Nancy Pelosi. They don't like Nancy Pelosi. Even the woman that owns the beauty parlor turned her in. Can you believe that? 
Nancy Pelosi's a customer. She turned her in. She thought it was disgraceful. But that's what we're dealing with, a bunch of phonies. But you guys, we have, we have your back 100%. Michael, you'll make sure, right? I also want to introduce and thank, he's done a fantastic job, Nevada Republican Party Chairman Michael McDonald. And a friend of mine, and thank you, Michael, your former Attorney General, Adam Laxalt. And a person with tremendous spirit and personality, to put it mildly. She's tough, and she's, but she's very kind. She's a great person. Kimberly Guilfoyle. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. The owner of the Chicago Cubs, and he's in first place, so he's very happy. The RNC Finance Chairman, Todd Ricketts. Where's Todd? Todd, thank you. Great. Go win that pennant, Todd. Win the pennant. One of the best people ever to work for me in government. He's tough. He's smart. He can be vicious, but he's just fair more than anything else. But he is a talented guy with tremendous energy and tremendous brain power, Rick Grinnell. Thank you, Rick. And here he is again because they're going to try and find out, man, what's this guy manufacturing? You know, this is a manufacturing building. And outside, 25 to 30,000 people. Everyone's saying, what the hell is he manufacturing? Maybe he's manufacturing Trump. I don't know. He's manufacturing something pretty good. They're going to, boy, they're going to be giving you a lot. But again, Don, thank you very much. Don Ahan. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Don. Also, a Las Vegas legend, Rick Harrison. Rick, thank you, Rick. You are a legend, aren't you? Huh? Great job you've done. Great job you've done. A friend of mine for a long time. You know, years ago, he was looking for a place. Can I tell this story just quickly, if you mind? He was looking for a place, and they said, well, that sport's never going to make it. It's too violent. They just don't know how violent the American people are, do they? They, they never quite figured that out. No, they said, no, it'll never make it. There's nobody like this guy, I'm telling you. I always say it's a great sport without him. I don't know what they'd do. I don't know if it could — I don't know if anything would make it. He could do anything. He is so smart, so tough, so cunning. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. I've been a friend of his. But I gave him a place a long time ago. And all I know is, just like we have outside, we had lines. I said, what the hell's going on here, Dana? This place is packed. Right? We were packed. We had thousands of people that couldn't get in. And I was so nice. I said, let's do it again, Dana, please. And we did it again and again and again. And it became the UFC, and he sold it, and has a big chunk of it, but he got $4 billion when he sold it. $4 billion. That's not too bad. That's not too bad, Dana. But he really is. He's an incredible guy. And, you know, he also loves his fighters. He wants to take care of his fighters, and he brought some of them along the best. But I want to introduce Dana White. Dana, please, stand up. 
And Dana brought along a few of his friends, and uh, these are not people you want to pick a fight with. Because under those beautiful suits are a lot of muscles, a lot of power, a lot of, a lot of genius for fighting and for other things. But a lot of genius under those suits. A uh, few members of the UFC community. So here's a man who's been, he used to walk into that ring, and he still does, and he's uh, as good as there is in the world, number one in the world. Uh, you don't want to pick a fight with him at a bar. Let's say you had a fight, and you happen to meet Colby Covington. You say, what's your name? And he said, my name's Colby Covington. And you know, the first time I saw Covington and Colby, he walks into the, the ring. Now, he wasn't fighting, but he walked in with that same hat that you're wearing. It said, keep America great. It says, make America. He, he doesn't care. As long as it has Trump on it someplace, he doesn't care. He doesn't discriminate. But this was the same day that we had our conservative reporter beat to hell by that wise guy who's now in big trouble for doing what he did. And then he walks in wearing the hat, right? Keep America great. And he wears the hat, and he's going like this, because this was a big story. You remember what they did to that guy. Conservative reporter, not a fighter. He wasn't a fighter. If And it was 10 people against one. Now, if we had 10 people against that one, those 10 people would be in serious trouble. They said, what the hell? But I'd like to introduce Colby Covington. Great fighter. Great, great fighter. Incredible. He is a great fighter. Three months ago, I saw him fight a guy. He looked like uh, it would be impossible to beat. I never saw muscles. He had muscles on muscles on muscles. And Kobe's a very fit guy and, you know, fantastic. But he didn't look quite the same. It wasn't even a contest. It went a few rounds, and it was like, I couldn't believe what you did. He took them apart so easily. It was like uh, an easy day at the office. <laughs> so you have to explain that to me someday, Kobe. But we love you, man. You're with us, and we're with you. Another great, great champion. Another great champion, Henry Cejudo, who is one of the best in the world. And Henry, please stand, please. Henry is... And you won the championship twice, right, Henry? Twice. He won it twice. He's, uh, don't mess with him. Don't mess with him. And his brother, Alonzo, is here, Alonzo Cruz. Thank you very much, Alonzo. Thank you. Thank you. And Alonzo doesn't mess with Henry. He learned that a long time ago. So one of the best fighters in the world, and he's got a tremendous fight coming up against, I guess, the number one rated pound-for-pound uh, -pound fighter, Justin Gaethy. Please, stand up, Justin. Justin Gaethy, thank you. And you feel good about that fight? He said he's going to knock him out. Well, we're going to be watching. It's right before the election, but I think I'm going to be watching, okay? I'll be watching. You better believe it. That's going to be an incredible fight. Good luck. Good luck, Justin. Great fighter. And also, he's a great guy, one of the best. Thank you very much. But these are great people, and they have so many people at the UFC, and they've been big fans of us. They love our country. 
They love our country. So, you know, and we love them. And nobody like our Dana. Thank you, Dana, very much. Great honor. Thank you, man. Tonight, we're also praying for everyone throughout the West affected by the devastating wildfires. We want, really, forest management. We want forest management. My administration is closely coordinating with the state and local leaders, with the governor. And we thank the more than 28,000 firefighters and first responders courageously braving the danger and the lie. And I'm going there tomorrow. I'll be going to California tomorrow. We have meetings with FEMA and all of the different people. Uh, it'll be it'll be amazing to see. It's uh, like the biggest we've ever had. It's crazy. It's crazy what's going on. Thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. It's crazy. So we're going to be there tomorrow. We'll be with the governor. We're also going to various other places. We have Washington also is in big trouble. In Oregon, I spoke with the governor of Oregon, and uh, they're having — they've never had anything like it. And, uh, of course, they also have a place called Portland, and we will put that fire out. Just tell us to put it out, Governor. That fire we'll put out. That's a much easier fire to put out. It would take us less than a half an hour. We've spent the last four years reversing the damage done by Joe Biden and all of the damage that him and his thought process has inflicted over a 47-year period. We passed record-setting tax cuts and record-setting regulation cuts. We achieved American energy independence. Nobody thought it was possible. When Biden pledged to abolish the production of American oil and shale and clean coal and natural gas, which is very clean, and he wanted to ban fracking, we said, no, we're not doing that. For 47 years, Biden crushed the dreams of American workers to enrich foreign countries. That's what happened. Look, he says he's going to change. He's been there for 47 years. And, you know, they, he's been there till three and a half years ago. So it's not like, gee, he hasn't done it for 20. He was there recently. They didn't do it. And you don't change. And you always go back to the first statement. And his first statement was anti-religion. His first statement was anti-fracking, anti-energy. His first statement was anti-all of the things. But it was really anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment. He even put this whack job — he even put Beto O'Rourke — Beto. They said, Beto is Spanish. I said, how does the Beto go with the O'Rourke? They said, well, he wanted the Spanish vote, so his father calls him Beto. What's that? Does that sound a little bit phony? Because we had a poll today, and Hispanics are at 52 percent for Trump and 40-something for Biden. Never happened before. Never happened before. They've never seen that before. I love the Hispanics. But the Democrats championed NAFTA, TPP, the horrible South Korea deal, South Korea deal. Hillary Clinton, crooked Hillary, she said, we will create 250,000 jobs. I say it all the time. We will do this deal with South Korea. 
we will create 250,000. And she was right. But they were created for Korea, not for us. We didn't get anything. And we renegotiated. And he was there for China's entry into the World Trade Organization. Earlier this year, I kept my promise to American workers when we ended the NAFTA nightmare and we signed the brand new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement into law. Great deal for us. That's a great deal. And by the way, our stock market is setting records, I hate to say, in the middle of a pandemic. But hopefully, as we round that final turn on the pandemic, we're setting records with the stock market. Your 401ks are doing very well. Your stocks are doing very well. And you know what? If something would happen where he'd get in, and there's a headwind, believe it or not, that stock market would be much higher. But there's a headwind on the possibility, okay? Everything is a possibility. There's a headwind. But I'll tell you what, if he ever got in, you would have a market crash the likes of which this country has never seen before. Just remember it. Just remember it. Because what they want to do is crazy. The Green New Deal, $100 trillion. The Green New Deal. That's more money than we could make in a thousand years. A hundred trillion dollars. We don't like that building. The windows are too big. What do you do? Rip it down. Oh, good. That sounds good. I saved the U.S. auto industry by withdrawing from the last administration's job-killing catastrophe, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. And we're building many auto plants. You know that. Some here. But we're building many auto plants in Michigan. Many auto plants in Michigan. If we don't win Michigan after all those auto plants, and I don't know, but it's been tough, but we won it last time. And we're showing a poll that just came out that we're two points up in Michigan. That's very good. That's very good. I took the toughest ever action to stand up to China's rampant theft of American jobs. Biden's agenda is made in China. My agenda is made in the USA. That's what it is. For the last four years, I've been delivering for our incredible Hispanic community. I'm fighting for school choice, safe neighborhoods, low taxes, low regulations on all Hispanic-owned small business. And they are great business people. And they understood that. They understood that. They understood it. And by the way, there's nobody that knows our southern border better than I call them the Hispanics. I call them Latino. You know, I say, what do you do prefer? It's, it's very interesting. Some say, call us Latino. Others say, call us Hispanic. Others say, call us whatever the hell you want. We love you. We love you. But our Hispanic population knows our southern border better than anybody else. And they don't want criminals coming across. They want people to come across but they want them to come across legally. And we have the strongest southern border now. The Democrats and Biden would be a disaster for Hispanic Americans. He's pledged to wage attacks on Catholic organizations like the Little Sisters of the Poor. They're fighting him. He supports taxpayer-funded extreme late-term abortion. Extreme late-term 
He would allow left-wing anarchists to burn down your businesses. He would hand over your jobs to China and your country to the socialists and beyond the socialists. The Democrat Party also continues to attack our incredible border agents, more than half of whom happen to be Hispanic Americans, okay? And they're great. And I want to thank not only law enforcement, but a big part of law enforcement are the Border Patrol and the ICE agents. They're incredible. You know, the ICE agents, Dana could sign some of them up. The ICE agents, they go into like a pack. They call it a pack. They go into a pack of MS-13 fighters. These are criminals. And they do it like it's routine. You don't want that job. Nobody, I don't see any of the people, male or female, sitting in this audience that wants that job, ICE. They take out thousands and thousands of MS-13 killers a year and bring them the hell back out of our country. All around our country, our communities are protected by Hispanic American heroes and law enforcement, and they deserve unwavering gratitude. And I want to just thank you all. I want to thank you all. With us tonight are members of the National Border Patrol Council, and they are great friends of us. I want to just thank them. The official union of our nation's incredible Border Patrol agents. And you know what? They're not supposed to do it, but they did it anyway. They endorsed me. I want to thank Brandon Judd, who's here, and Art Del Cuto. Art, where's Brandon? Where is my Brandon? Where is Brandon? Oh, look at these guys. Look, they're ready. They're ready to fight. Hey, Brandon, Art, so pick out your toughest guy. I want to see whether or not he can take Colby in a fight. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, fellas. We appreciate it very much. Thanks. Great job, too. Great job. My administration has achieved the most secure border in American history. We ended catch and release. We stopped asylum fraud. We've deported 20,000 gang members and over half a million criminal aliens. We built over 320 miles, as of today, border wall. And we're adding 10 new miles every single week. We're doing about 10 miles a week. And we'll be finished with the wall very shortly. And you think that was an easy one? That was not an easy one. But we were fought. You know, two things, and I say it, Two things that never get old. Remember, the Democrats are saying a wall won't work. Oh, really? Tell me about it. Wall works. That's one of the reasons our numbers are so good. But two things that will never get old, never. You know what they are? A wall and a wheel. A wall and a wheel. Never get old. A wall. You know, I see I'm, I, so many things, and I see all these businesses, computers. You come up with a new chip. You come up with a new computer. You come up with a new laptop. Three weeks later, you buy it. Three weeks later, it's obsolete. But a wall will never be obsolete. And a wheel will never be obsolete. You come back in a thousand years, a wall and a wheel. Thanks to our powerful new security measures, we've doubled the amount of meth seized at the border over the last year. We've doubled it. 
We invested $2.5 trillion in the U.S. military and launched the first new branch of the U.S. Armed Forces in 75 years, the Space Force. We passed VA choice and VA accountability. And I've accomplished more in 47 months than Joe Biden did in 47 years. That's true. That's true. I withdrew from the last administration's disastrous Iran nuclear deal. So good for Israel. So good that we did that. They paid $150 billion, $1.8 billion in cash. I think Dana White could have made a slightly better deal than that. You know what we got for it? Nothing. We got nothing. We killed the founder and leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi. We eliminated the number one terrorist in the world. And we're talking over a 50-year period, number one in the world, the mass murderer of American troops and many other people throughout the world, Qasim Soleimani, is dead. I kept my promise, recognized the true capital of Israel, and opened the American embassy in Jerusalem. I recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. And we've achieved the two historic peace deals in the Middle East in just the last month. Two. Two. Over 75 years, they did two. We did two in a month. And many other countries are coming in. The United Arab Emirates and Bahrain have both agreed to normalize relations with Israel. Nobody thought this was possible. In fact, you didn't hear it because they don't report this. You know, they just don't want to report it. But we, they gave — they nominated your president twice last week on two different subjects for a Nobel Prize. But — but the fake news media didn't cover it, so that's it. Biden got it. Remember — okay, remember when — when uh, our great president, right? Barack Hussein Obama, he got it, right? Like, immediately — and they said, why did you get it? And he was unable to explain. Do you remember? Why did you get it? Because it was like he just became president. They said, we're going to nominate Barack Hussein Obama for the Nobel Peace Award, right? And what — what happened? And what happened? And then Biden said, what about me? They said, who the hell is he? This guy — the hell has he done? But it's true. Obama got it for no reason whatsoever. Rick, you know that? No reason whatsoever. Joe Biden brought you only endless wars. I'm bringing you peace, and I'm bringing our troops back home. They're all coming back. Endless wars. Biden voted for the Iraq War. He opposed the mission to take out Osama bin Laden. He opposed the killing of Soleimani. He oversaw the rise of ISIS. And he cheered the rise of China as a positive development for America and the world. When I banned China from coming in highly infected, he said it was hysterical and xenophobic. If we had listened to Joe, hundreds of thousands more Americans would have died just by that one move alone. When the — 
Thank you. I agree, actually. But I don't think I'm allowed to say it. When the virus arrived, we launched the largest national mobilization since World War II. We're delivering life-saving therapies. We've achieved among the lowest case fatality rates of any major country anywhere in the world. You don't hear this. Europe's excess mortality rate is 24 percent higher than the U.S. And despite their very punitive lockdowns, they're once again seeing very large spikes in cases, unfortunately. The United States has experienced the smallest contraction of any major Western nation and the fastest recovery by far. Who's going to do that? And there's a reason for it. Through our historic relief programs, we've saved more than half a million Nevada jobs and over 42,000 Nevada businesses. We've saved 42,000 of your businesses. Biden would terminate this comeback and put your families at great danger. He would reimpose the federal regulations, destroy your Social Security, destroy protection. And, you know, he's, he's looking at doing all of this stuff. He will destroy protections for pre-existing conditions and decimate your 401ks, your retirement system, your stocks. He'll establish a national sanctuary city policy for criminal illegal aliens. He wants to cut your vet facilities in half, go to socialized health care, and end 180 million Americans' private health care plans, which they love. Biden pledges to oppose school choice, and he stated that, if elected, charter schools are gone, and charter schools have been great. In a second term, I'll provide school choice to every parent in America. A vote for Republicans is a vote for safe communities, great jobs, a limitless future for all Americans. It's really a vote for the American dream. That's what it is. It's the American dream versus the American nightmare. Instead of letting Washington change us, despite all that we've been through, we are changing Washington. So in concluding, this wonderful afternoon, and again, Don, thank you very much. But in concluding this wonderful afternoon, and if the governor comes after you, which he shouldn't be doing, I'll be with you all the way. <laughs> I'll be with you all the way. Don't worry about it, though. Over the next four years, we'll be making America into the manufacturing superpower of the world, and we'll end our reliance on China once and for all. We will make our medical supplies right here in the United States. We will rapidly return to full employment, soaring economies, and record prosperity. We will expand opportunity zones, and we will continue cutting taxes and regulations at a level that nobody has ever seen before. We will hire more police, increase penalties for assaults on law enforcement, surge federal prosecutors into high-crime communities, and we'll be watching the ballots very closely also, by the way. And we will ban sanctuary cities. We will appoint prosecutors, judges and justices who believe in enforcing the law, not in enforcing their own agenda. We will ensure equal justice, for citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed. 
We will defend the dignity of work and the sanctity of life. We will uphold religious liberty, free speech, and the right to keep and bear arms. We will strike down terrorists who threaten our citizens, and we will keep America out of these endless, ridiculous foreign wars, all coming back. We will maintain America's unrivaled military might, and we will ensure peace through strength. Two and a half trillion dollars. Have the strongest military we've ever had. Beautiful, brand-new equipment. When I took it over, it was totally depleted, our military. We have the greatest equipment that any military has ever even conceived of. Things that people have no idea what we have, and let's keep it that way. We will end surprise medical billing, require price transparency already signed, further reduce health insurance premiums, and the cost of prescription drugs will be dropping like a rock very soon. The drug companies do not like me too much. It's a favored nation's laws I signed. We will strongly protect Medicare, and your Social Security will be totally secure, and we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. America will land the first woman on the moon, and the United States will be the first nation to land an astronaut on Mars. When I took over, NASA was a shell of itself. It was closed. It was they had grass growing in the runways. Grass growing in the runways. Now it's the number one space center in the world by far. We will stop the radical indoctrination of our students and restore patriotic education to our schools. We will teach our children to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag. We will live by the timeless words of our national motto, In God We Trust, and we're going to keep it that way. For years, you had a president who apologized for America. Now you have a president who is standing up for America and standing up for your state, Nevada. So get your friends, get your family, get your neighbors, get your co-workers, and on November 3rd or sooner, get out and vote. From Carson City to Elko, from Las Vegas to Reno, from Minden to right here in Henderson. We stand on the shoulders of red-blooded American patriots who poured out their hearts, sweat, and soul to secure our liberty and defend our great freedom. Nevada was founded by pioneers and prospectors, miners and cowboys, innovators and trailblazers who tamed the frontier, raised up the mighty Hoover Dam, transformed a sprawling desert into a shining oasis, and inspired the world with the brilliant lights of the Vegas Strip. Our American ancestors made this into the greatest nation ever to exist 
on the face of the earth, and we are going to make it greater than ever before. That's what we're doing. Proud citizens like you help build this country, and together we are taking back our country. We are returning power to you, the American people. With your help, your devotion, and your drive, we are, you know the story, going to keep on working, going to keep on fighting, and going to, like these guys, keep on winning, winning, winning. You hear that, Colby? You hear that, Justin? Okay? He's fighting a tough customer, but I don't know. I think maybe I'm in Vegas. I'll have to place. Is the president allowed to place a bet? I don't know. He'll say, the president of the United States just placed two bets, Justin and Colby. I don't know. I don't know. But they are great. That'd be easy money. Well, maybe not that easy. <laughs> I don't know. It's that easy. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together with the incredible people of Nevada, we will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Awesome. And that was the rally from today, September 13, 2020, in Las Vegas. And I hope you all enjoyed that one. Next, we're going to go to the Medal of Honor that was granted to a Major Thomas Paine from the U.S. Army. This took place on September 11th of 2020. invite you to join me in prayer. Almighty God, on this day of national remembrance, we pray as the psalmist of old. Deliver us, O Lord, from evil men who plot evil things in their heart. Maintain the cause of the afflicted and execute justice for the needy. Today, we thank you for the valorous attributes and actions of Sergeant Major Patrick Payne that indeed delivered the oppressed. You are the one who placed him in a family of love in a nation he loves, fostering the pure motivation of all warriors who fight for those who stand behind them. You equipped his hands for warfare and forged within him a heart that regarded the liberty of others of greater value than his own safety. You assigned him in the ranks of those whose common bond is uncommon valor when terror needed to be boldly confronted. Your work through him not only preserved life, but preserved the legacy of his team and the ideals of our great nation. Nevertheless, we know that opposing evil comes with a great cost. So we pray that the honor of this ceremony and the ministry of your spirit would comfort the families and the teammates of Master Sergeant Josh Wheeler and Master Sergeant John Dunbar. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Chaplain Winton. Really a beautiful job, and thank you for your service. Please.
Today, it's my privilege to present the Congressional Medal of Honor to a warrior who has devoted the last two decades to fighting the forces of terror. Please join me in welcoming today's extraordinary recipient, Sergeant Major Thomas Patrick Payne. Congratulations. We're grateful to be joined by Pat's really wonderful wife, Allison. And Allison, thank you very much for being here on this very momentous occasion. This is this is the big one. You know that. This is the big one. Also with us is Patrick and Allison's six-year-old son, Aaron. Aaron, thank you for being here. He got a very nice little award back there, a beautiful pen, right? You're going to save that pen. Thank you, Aaron. I want you to know that uh, your dad is one of the bravest men anywhere in the world. You know that, right? You knew that before. I think you knew that before we knew it. So congratulations to both. With us also is our First Lady. Thank you, darling. And Vice President Mike Pence. Mike, thank you very much. Along with Secretary of Defense Mark Esper. Mark, thank you. Congressman Richard Hudson. Richard. Richard, thank you very much. Secretary of the Army, Ryan McCarthy. Thanks, Ryan. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. Mark, thank you very much. It's amazing the way all these big generals are showing up. This is something, huh? This is the big one, as I say. Always do. It's always will be. The Army Chief of Staff, James McConville. James, thank you. Thank you very much, James. And Sergeant Major of the Army, Michael Grinston. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. I also want to recognize the three Medal of Honor recipients that are with us. Matthew Williams, Edward Byers, and Walter Marm. Thank you very much. That's great. A lot of brave people are with us today. Pat grew up in a small town in South Carolina. His dad is a police officer. His grandfather served in World War II in Korea, Vietnam. Service to our country really goes through their veins very, very rapidly. Exactly 19 years ago today, on September 11, 2001, news of the attack on our nation's great great country. This was just an attack like uh, has never happened to us. But it went through Pat's high school and went through his classroom, and Pat was sitting there listening. His teacher solemnly told the students that their generation had a fight to win. They were going to fight and fight to win. In that moment, Pat was called to action. He knew that his country needed him. Ten short months later, at the age of 18, Pat was in Army basic training at Fort Benning. Soon he joined the elite ranks of the legendary Army Rangers. Pat became an exceptional soldier and expert sniper. He saw heavy combat in multiple theaters of battle. 
in 2010 during a deployment in Afghanistan. His leg was severely wounded by an enemy grenade. While recovering in South Carolina, Pat met with his wife, Allison. Well, that was probably not a bad wound then, was it, huh? It was worth I hope you're going to say it was worth it. It was. Less than two years after being injured, Pat competed against some of America's toughest warriors and won the prestigious Best Ranger competition among the most grueling physical contests anywhere in the country. In October of 2015, on his 14th deployment, Pat was part of a team assigned to plan and conduct an operation to rescue over 70 Kurdish prisoners being held by ISIS barbarians in Iraq. The team soon received horrifying intelligence that the terrorists were planning to massacre their captives and bury them in freshly dug graves. Pat and his teammates raced into action. After midnight on October 22nd, Pat boarded a helicopter and departed on a mission to free the hostages from two buildings guarded by dozens of ruthless and bloodthirsty ISIS terrorists. He was in command of a team clearing one of the compounds. As soon as the ramp to his helicopter went down, Pat rushed into a blistering hail of gunfire. Pat and his team swiftly overpowered the enemy, secured the building, and freed 38 of the hostages. Then Pat received word that the rest of the assault team was facing harsh resistance in another complex. Pat turned to one of his fellow soldiers and said, let's get into the fight right now. Let's get into the fight. He saw that the other building was on fire, and he knew more of the hostages were still trapped inside. He and his team climbed up ladders to the roof and opened up fire on the enemy. Multiple ISIS fighters detonated suicide vests, ripping a portion of the building into pieces. But Pat and his fellow Rangers fought through the fire, the bullets, and the deadly blasts. Pat navigated to the front door and saw the captives were being held behind a metal door secured by two very heavy padlocks. He grabbed a pair of bolt cutters and ran through smoldering flame and smoke. As bullets impacted all around him, Pat succeeded in cutting one of the locks before scorching, sweltering heat forced him to leave the building for some air. Pat caught his breath in a few seconds and was back. He ran right back into that raging blaze. He sliced the final lock and released the rest of the hostages. As the building began to collapse, he received orders to evacuate, but he refused to do so. He didn't want to leave anyone behind. Pat ran back into the burning building that was collapsing two more times. He saved multiple hostages, and he was the last man to leave. He wouldn't leave. No matter what they said, no matter who ordered him to do it, he wouldn't do it. He was the last one out. It was one of the largest and most daring rescue missions in American history. Pat and his team rescued 75 captives and killed 20 ISIS terrorists. Pat, you embody the righteous glory of American valor. We stand in awe of your heroic daring and gallant deeds. You truly went above and beyond the call of duty to earn our nation's highest military honor. Pat would be the first to remind us that he was not alone that day. In the battle, one Army Ranger made the ultimate sacrifice, Master Sergeant Josh Wheeler. 
Josh was something, right, Pat? Josh was something. You've, you've said that before. Today, we're deeply moved to be joined by Master Sergeant Wheeler's wife, Ashley Wheeler. Ashley, our hearts break for your loss. A great man. That was a great man. Ashley, where is Ashley? Ashley, please stand up. Thank you. Our nation endures because fearless warriors like Josh are willing to lay down their lives for our freedom. Our children can grow up in peace because Josh had the courage to face down evil. Our debt to him and to you is everlasting. And again, thank you very much, Ashley. We appreciate it very much. We will honor him forever. You know, that very special group of warriors, men, great men, Pat has said that as soon as our soldiers' boots hit the ground, they are ambassadors of the American way of life. Everywhere they go, the men and women of our armed forces instill our friends with hope, our enemies with dread, and our fellow citizens with unyielding American pride. Over the course of his service, Pat has embarked on an astounding, really an astounding 17 deployments in defense of our nation. General Milley, that's a lot, right? Is that a lot? Huh? That's a lot. Okay. I needed that little extra confirmation. <laughs> That's a lot. He now serves as an instructor at the U.S. Army Special Operations Command, training the next generation of American warriors. Today, he joins the immortal company of our most revered American heroes. Pat, you personify the motto, Rangers lead the way, and you inspire us all. It is now my privilege to present Sergeant Major Thomas Patrick Payne with the Congressional Medal of Honor. I'd like to ask the military aide to come forward and read the citation. Thank you very much. Attention to orders. The Medal of Honor is awarded to Sergeant First Class Thomas P. Payne, United States Army, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty on October 22, 2015. His heroism and selfless actions were key to liberating 75 hostages during a contested rescue mission that resulted in 20 enemies killed in action. Sergeant First Class Payne's gallantry under fire and uncommon valor are in keeping with the highest traditions of military service and reflect great credit upon himself, the United States Special Operations Command, and the United States Army.
I invite you to join me in prayer. Gracious God, thank you for the gift of liberty that you have given us and for those who have safeguarded liberty through heroic acts for our sake and for the sake of others. Your call upon each of our lives may not be to serve as first responders or warriors on the field of battle rushing into burning buildings, rescuing others. Even still, may our participation here today and the strengthening of your spirit compel us all to live lives of honor and valor for the good of your kingdom, for the good of our own families, and for the good of the United States of America. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to go a few days back to September 7th, where the Vice President, Mike Pence, was speaking about a stronger American workforce. It's about 30 minutes. Hope you enjoy this one. Well, hello, Wisconsin. It is great to be with all of you on a beautiful American holiday. Secretary Jean Scalia, our great friend, Senator Ron Johnson. To Derek Van Orden, to all of our fellow Americans from near and far, all across the Badger State, it is great to be with you here in La Crosse. And I can't think of a better place to be on an American holiday where we celebrate America's tradition of hard work and the American dream for 79 years. You've been keeping the lights on here in Wisconsin. So to all the hardworking men and women of Dairyland Power and to every American worker across Wisconsin, happy Labor Day. And you can grab a seat if you've got one. You know, before I go any further, allow me to bring greetings from another friend of mine who loves the Badger State, who I think is the best friend American workers have ever had sitting in the Oval Office at the White House. When I told him this morning that I was headed to La Crosse, I, I think he sounded just a little bit jealous. So allow me to bring greetings. From a friend of this state and a friend of American workers, I bring greetings from the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. You know, I'm here because I stand with President Donald Trump. When this president stands up for faith and family and the American flag, I stand with President Donald Trump. When this president stands up to the radical left and their socialist agenda, I stand with President Donald Trump. And when this president stands up every day and fights for American workers and jobs, 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 we stand with President Donald Trump. You know, four years ago, a movement was born, a movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life. And look how far we've come. 
Four years ago, we inherited a military hollowed out by devastating budget cuts, an economy struggling to break out of the slowest recovery since the Great Depression. Terrorism was on the rise around the world, and we witnessed a steady assault on our most cherished values, the freedom of religion and the right to life. But in our first three years, what a difference the decision that Wisconsin made made. We rebuilt our military. We restored the arsenal of democracy. And we are once again giving our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Coast Guard, and our veterans the resources and the support that they deserve every single day. We revived our economy by cutting taxes across the board, rolling back federal red tape, unleashing American energy, and fighting for free and fair trade. We appointed judges to uphold all of our God-given liberties, including the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And I couldn't be more proud to be vice president to a president who has stood without apology for the sanctity of human life and for the freedom of religion of every American of every faith. And beyond all of that, throughout all of the last three and a half years, this president and this administration have stood with the men and women of law enforcement and we will stand with them every day. You know, President Trump and I know that the men and women who serve in law enforcement are the best of us. They put their lives on the line every single day. They literally count our lives as more important than their own. And they deserve the respect of every American. Now, to be clear, any incident involving the police use of force will always be thoroughly investigated, but there is no excuse for the rioting and looting that we have seen in Kenosha and in cities across the country. And this violence against civilians, against property, and against law enforcement must stop, and it must stop now. Now, President Trump and I will always support the right of Americans to peaceful protest. Rioting and looting is not peaceful protest. Burning businesses is not free speech. And those who do so will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That's why President Trump took action just a few days ago. We sent 200 federal law enforcement officers into Kenosha. Working with the National Guard and local law enforcement, we quelled the violence. Under this president, I promise you, we will have law and order in every city in this country for every American of every race and creed and color. So help us God. Now for months, all Joe Biden talked about was peaceful protesters as the American people watch businesses and communities in our major cities burn. Last week, Joe Biden after three months of silence, spoke out against violence in every form it takes. But right after he said that, he criticized law enforcement. 
And Joe Biden never condemned Antifa. He never called out his campaign staff or his running mate for raising money to bail out violent criminals. And he never called on Democrat mayors to get their cities under control. You know, I think the people here in Wisconsin know. Joe Biden would double down on the policies that have literally led to violence in our major American cities. And Joe Biden says America is systemically racist and that law enforcement has an implicit bias against minorities. When asked whether he'd support cutting funding to law enforcement, Joe Biden replied, yes, absolutely. But under President Donald Trump, I promise you, we will always stand with those who serve on the thin blue line of law enforcement. We're not going to defund the police, not now, not ever. Now, President Trump and I know what you all in Wisconsin know. We don't have to choose between supporting law enforcement and standing with our African-American neighbors and families to improve the quality of their lives, to improve public safety, create more jobs and better schools. I mean, from the first day of this administration, we've done both. And I promise you, we're going to keep supporting law enforcement and keep supporting our African-American neighbors and all of the minorities in every community in this city every day from here to come. So in three short years, with the support of the people of Wisconsin, we rebuilt our military, we revived our economy, we stood for our liberties and for law and order. And the result? I can tell you, having traveled to more than 30 countries as your vice president, America is respected in the world again. At home, our God-given liberties are more secure today. And in our first three years, there's only three ways you can describe those years. It was jobs, jobs, jobs right here in Wisconsin and all across America. It's true. I mean, with less taxes, less regulation, more American energy and better trade deals, businesses large and small across this country created more than 7 million good-paying jobs in just three years. And on this Labor Day, it's, it's great to remember that, that wages were rising in those first three years. Wages were rising at their fastest pace in the last decade. And we couldn't be more proud that in those first three years, wages rose most rapidly for hard-working, blue-collar Americans. The forgotten men and women of America are forgotten no more. And under this president's policies, manufacturing has come roaring back. You know, when Joe Biden was vice president, America lost 200,000 manufacturing jobs. And the last president actually said that those jobs were never coming back. You remember? It was the summer, four years ago, 2016. The president back then wondered aloud how you could ever bring manufacturing back to the heartland. He said, quote, what magic wand do you have? Well, we didn't need a magic wand. 
We just needed President Donald Trump in the White House. 500,000 manufacturing jobs in just three years. Beyond that, the lowest unemployment rate ever recorded for African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans. At the end of our first three years, more Americans were working than ever before. And let me just say, with, with him present here today, none of that would have been possible without the strong and principled support of Senator Ron Johnson. Wisconsin, would you join me? Get on your feet and show how much you appreciate a man that's been fighting for Wisconsin values and fighting for Wisconsin jobs. Thank you, Senator Johnson. With our strong allies in the Congress like your Senator, we created the greatest economy in the world in three short years. We made America great again. And then the coronavirus struck from China. The people of Wisconsin deserve to know that before the first case of coronavirus spread from person to person within the United States, President Trump took the unprecedented step of suspending all travel from China before the month of January was out. And I can tell you, having led the White House Coronavirus Task Force, that action alone saved untold American lives. And it bought us invaluable time to stand up the greatest national mobilization since World War II. It's true. At the President's direction, we marshaled the full resources of the federal government and the American economy. We partnered with private industry to reinvent testing. When I took over the task force in late February, we'd done no more than 8,000 tests total nationwide for the coronavirus. Today, with American ingenuity and high relief, we perform more than 800,000 coronavirus tests a day. We work with private industry to arrange for the production and the delivery of billions of supplies of personal protective equipment to our great doctors and nurses and hospitals all across America. We saw to the delivery of those supplies at the point of the need in one city after another where the impact was the greatest, where the challenge was the greatest. And I will tell you here in Wisconsin all across America, Every American should be grateful for our doctors, our nurses, and our health care workers and our first responders who have risen to the challenge in this hour of our trial. Now, our hearts go out to all the families who've lost loved ones during the course of this pandemic, including more than 1,000 families here in Wisconsin. I want to say to each and every one of them, You've always been in our hearts, and you'll remain in our prayers. But we're going to continue to move forward, continue to develop medicines each and every day that are saving lives across the country. More therapeutics are becoming available each and every day. And I promise you, we're not going to rest. We're not going to rest until we have a safe and effective coronavirus vaccine for the American people, and we put this virus in the past.
It's amazing to think with Operation Warp Speed, the president initiated a project where, believe it or not, we have several vaccines that are already in the final stages of clinical trials. But we're not waiting until they're approved to produce the vaccines. At the president's direction, we're actually manufacturing vaccines even as we speak so that the moment that the FDA says that we have a safe and effective coronavirus vaccine, we'll have tens of millions of doses available for the American people. I have to tell you, Joe Biden said not long ago that no miracle is coming. But here in America, we're in the miracle business and we're going to have a safe and effective vaccine for the coronavirus before the end of this year. So we're slowing the spread. We're protecting the vulnerable. And we're saving lives. Each of us has a role to play. But in the midst of this pandemic, our president also worked with leaders in both parties in Congress and with Senator Johnson in particular to secure support for American families and for American businesses. It's amazing to think we were able to secure nearly $4 trillion in support to American families and enterprises. And the Paycheck Protection Program alone is estimated to have saved some 50 million American jobs. But I promise you, Wisconsin, we're going to continue to put the health of America first. And because of the strong foundation that President Trump poured in those first three years, and because of the unprecedented aid that we secured for families and businesses after losing 22 million jobs at the height of this pandemic, we've already seen more than 10.6 Americans go back to work already. The American comeback has begun. In the last four months alone, we've literally, literally seen half of the Americans that lost their jobs go back to work. And that, that includes 200,000 Americans right here in the state of Wisconsin. So we're opening up America again. And we're opening up America's schools. Just last week, we spoke to educators around the country, leaders of uh, colleges and universities around America, to make sure they had the support and the guidance to be able to safely reopen their schools. People all across the country are working to safely reopen our K-12 schools. And I'm proud to report to you that school teacher I've been married to for 35 years is already back in the classroom teaching art at her elementary school. But I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you particularly to the Dairyland employees who leaned into this effort to get our schools back open. On the plane on the way here, I learned that a lot of you volunteered at, at an area school to build plexiglass barriers. You removed furniture to make our classrooms safe for our kids. Thank you for being there for our kids and our teachers and our schools. Great job. Great job, Dairyland. So we've gone through a time of testing, but we're coming through it together. Hardworking people of Wisconsin deserve to know. As we go through this time of testing, we're soon coming to a time for choosing. And the choice has never been more clear. 
It's amazing to think that in the middle of a global pandemic, Joe Biden wants to raise taxes by $4 trillion. And President Trump, for our part, not only cut taxes for working families and businesses large and small, but as we speak, we're, we're letting the American people keep more of what they earn. And I promise you, we're going to keep fighting for tax relief for working Americans every day. Where President Trump signed more laws cutting federal red tape than any president in American history, Joe Biden wants to bury the American economy under an avalanche of red tape, like his own version of the Green New Deal. And here at Dairyland Power, you deserve to know that Joe Biden and the radical left want to crush American energy and American energy jobs. They want to pass uh, their climate change agenda and cap and trade that would cost that would raise the cost of electricity for nearly every household and business in Wisconsin. President Trump, for his part, unleashed American energy and all of the above energy strategy. As we stand here today, the United States is now a net exporter of energy for the first time in 70 years. We're energy independent. And when it comes to free and fair trade here in the heartland, we all remember NAFTA. Over in the Hoosier State, after NAFTA was signed into law back in 1995, we saw entire communities shuttered. And literally in the years since, 60,000 factories closed across the United States. And many of those jobs moved south of the border and overseas. But I saw this president work to keep the promises he'd made to the people of Wisconsin. He said we could do better than NAFTA. We could fight for the kind of free and fair trade that put American jobs and American workers first. He drove a hard bargain. And I'm here to tell you, the USMCA is a win for Wisconsin workers and a win for Wisconsin farmers. Under the US-Mexico-Canada agreement, now Canada is also ending its unfair treatment of our dairy farmers. So important here in Wisconsin. The USMCA is actually expected to increase our dairy exports by more than $300 million in the next year. That's a win for Wisconsin. The experts also tell us the USMCA overall will create about 600,000 new jobs just right out of the gate including 50,000 manufacturing jobs. You know, I heard that Joe Biden's running mate is in Milwaukee today. But dairy farmers in Wisconsin deserve to know that Senator Kamala Harris is one of only 10 senators to vote against the USMCA. She said it didn't go far enough on climate change. Now here at Dairyland Power, you deserve to know Senator Harris put their radical environmental agenda ahead of Wisconsin dairy and ahead of Wisconsin power. But under President Donald Trump, we will always put Wisconsin farmers, Wisconsin businesses, and Wisconsin families first. Thanks to President Trump's leadership, NAFTA is yesterday and the USMCA is here to stay. But beyond trade with our neighbors, this president also stood strong. 
stood strong with regard to China from day one. President Trump made it clear that the era of economic surrender is over. When we took office, literally half of our international trade deficit was with China. And President Trump acted. We imposed strong tariffs on China. We took action to end steel dumping. It was hollowing out our steel industry and manufacturing in this country. And every single day, we've continued to stand firm, demanding that China, demanding that China open up their markets, respect American private property, and play by the international rules. Joe Biden, he's been a cheerleader for communist China. He actually wants to repeal all the tariffs that are leveling the playing field for American workers. And recently, he actually criticized President Trump for suspending all travel to China at the outset of the pandemic. So I'll make you a promise. Whatever the other side wants to say or do, President Donald Trump and I are going to keep standing strong for American workers and American jobs until China comes to the table, lowers trade barriers, respects American properties, and levels the playing field. Because when the playing field is level, American workers can compete and win against any workers anywhere in the world. And finally, on this Labor Day, as we think about labor, think about the cost of labor. It's one of the reasons why President Trump has made record investments in border security. As we stand here today, this president has already overseen the construction of more than 300 miles of a border wall on our southern border. And we've been enforcing our immigration laws all across America. I mean, the truth is that illegal immigration drives wages down. People know that. One of the reasons people of Wisconsin ought to be concerned, Joe Biden is for open borders, sanctuary cities, free health care for illegal immigrants that will continue to bring low-cost labor into our cities and our towns, undermining the wages of American workers. And in addition to enforcing our immigration laws and standing firm for the conviction that a nation without borders is not a nation, President Trump has also launched what we call the Pledge to America's Workers. We're encouraging businesses in every field to expand training opportunities for American workers. And it's already led to 16 million training and apprentice opportunities for American workers all across the country. That's why we call that future ready. So we've stood strong. We stood strong for a safer, more prosperous America. We've stood firm to make sure that those that are meeting the needs of families that are challenged in the midst of this pandemic have the support and the resources to have the care that every one of us would want their family and member to have. We've stood up for our values and stood up for American families. And on this Labor Day, American workers can be confident. You have a champion in President Donald Trump. President Donald Trump, I can tell you firsthand, having served with him every day over the last three and a half years, he's the real deal. 
The man who says what he means means what he says. Never backs down. And I can tell you, he's never stopped fighting for the working people of Wisconsin. But for all that we accomplished in those first three years, for all we've done to see our nation through this time as America's begun to stand up again, go back to work and back to school, that's just what President Trump calls a good start. And I promise you, I promise you that we're never going to stop fighting for working people all across Wisconsin and all across America until we bring this state and this nation back bigger and better than ever before. So thank you for the warm reception today. And I'm very thankful it's not that warm today. It's a beautiful day in Wisconsin. Good to be with all of you. More importantly, thank you for thank you for what all of the hardworking families gathered here and those that might be looking on do for this country every day. And President Trump and I believe that all honest work is honorable. That it's really been the people who make things, who grow things, who work with their hands, with the sweat of their brow, in the factory, in the field that made this country what it is today. I mean, it's been the hard work and the strength of working Americans, men and women like all of you here, people who believe in faith and family, patriotism and hard work, people who believe in the American dream that have always and will always be the backbone of this country. So on this Labor Day 2020, I encourage you to keep pressing on. Keep showing the strength and the faith and the resilience that working people have always shown in the life of this nation. Keep standing with us. And I promise you, we'll keep standing with you. And finally, finally have faith. Have faith in the strength and resilience of the American people. The ability of hardworking Americans to see our nation through this challenging time and come all the way back, and then some. And have faith that even in these challenging times, those ancient words that Americans have clung to throughout the generations are still true today. They're above the mantle in our home. There they've been for more than 20 years. From the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 29, verse 11. Have faith, as he said. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The future belongs to America and to hard-working Americans. And our hope is in him, in this one nation, under God, with liberty and justice for all. So with faith in all of you and faith in him, I leave here today with renewed confidence. We're going to make Wisconsin and America stronger and more prosperous than ever before. With President Donald Trump in the White House, with great leaders like Senator Ron Johnson, serve in Wisconsin 
and maybe future leaders like Derek Van Ort finding his way into public life. With your continued support and with God's help, on this Labor Day, I just know we're going to make America great again. Again. Thank you all very much. God bless you. God bless Wisconsin. And God bless America. Happy Labor Day. And lastly, a great way to end this podcast here. Thank you all for listening again to What is Truth, to the What is Truth podcast. Really appreciate all of your support and continuing efforts and encouragement. May God be with you all. So lastly, we're going to go to uh, the Latinos for Trump roundtable that also happened today, September 13, 2020, in Las Vegas. And here you're going to hear a bunch of people who are going to probably counter the theory that Donald Trump is a racist. Is Donald Trump a racist, misogynist, a blah 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 I don't think so. Decide for yourself. Let's hear directly from the people in Las Vegas. God bless you all. shared values of faith and family, hard work, and patriotism. Hispanic Americans embody the American dream very much as much as anybody I can even think about. They embody the American dream. Uh, And I have to say, they know more about, you know, we've had uh, tremendous support from the Hispanic Americans on the uh, southern border because they understand the southern border better than anybody. Nobody knows it better than anybody. Oftentimes, that goes to people that really understood it. They ended up always being Hispanic Americans. And they want law and order, and they want they want people to come in, so do I, but they want them to come in through a process and legally. Joe Biden has spent 47 years betraying the Hispanic American community totally, sending their jobs to China, raising taxes on their family and small businesses, making their communities less safe, attacking their values and trapping their children in failing government schools. He's totally opposed to school choice. He's totally opposed to charter schools, everything that you stand for. He's uh, going to shred the Second Amendment, something very important to Hispanic Americans also. Second Amendment. Life, very important. He's opposed to so many things, and now all of a sudden he's saying, uh, gee, 
bracket, he's told me to reverse himself on Friday. Uh, but you can't, you just, I don't think you can do that. I mean, maybe a politician can do that, but I can't imagine. You go through a whole primary system, and you're against fracking, then all of a sudden he comes out in favor of fracking. But he's not in favor of it. He's sort of wavering because now the left hit him very hard. And so now he sort of doesn't know what he's doing. He's in his, he's in his basement right now. And he's saying, what do I do? He calls his handlers. What do I do about this? He hasn't left in two and a half days. hit, the numbers were the best they've ever been. We added a record 10.6, so there's never been anything like the, the 10.6 million jobs. The second place is our record also, but second place is way behind that number. Joe Biden would terminate this recovery with, uh, as he said, if, if somebody walked up to him, a doctor, and said, would you do a shutdown? He said, I'd do a shutdown. I'd listen to the professionals. Well, I do too, but then you have to make a decision. If I listen to the doctors, if I listen to the professionals, or if you listen to Biden, he was totally against me shutting down our country to China. I put a ban on China where it was heavily infected, and we saved hundreds of thousands of lives. Then I put a ban on Europe. This was not easy to do, and they were against that. So you can't just listen to your professionals. You have to have some sense. You have to make a decision. But the other thing about Joe Biden, he's not a strong person, and He's not strong for law and order, and everybody knows that. And this is today about law and order. When you see a scene like happened just last night in California with the two police people, a woman, a man, shot at stone-cold, short-range, right through a window. And we're looking for him. We're looking for that person, him.
pledged to wage attacks on Catholic organizations like the Little Sisters of the Poor. You saw that. We support them, and we support the Little Sisters of the Poor, and we're doing very well in that support. And he supports taxpayer-funded extreme late-term abortion. And he supports it very strongly late-term, and even after-term, if you think. If you look at the governor of Virginia, he said the baby is born. And then really, I guess you call that an execution because we're not even talking about during term, we're talking about after term abortion. And Biden doesn't want to take a position on that. Biden opposes school choice and he has stated that if he's elected, charter schools are gone. And charter schools have been incredible. He wants to rip away the ladder of opportunity for millions of Hispanic American children. In the second term, I'll provide school choice and we're already starting that process very strongly, as you know to every family in America. And for the Hispanic American, school choice and charter schools are one of the most important things we can have. And you want law and order. You want law and order. You're not going to get it with them. He never even mentioned the words law and order in his speech or at the convention. They had the Democrat National Convention. He never mentioned anything about law and order. And you see Portland and you see some of these other places. Now, every place we've been invited to, we put it out immediately. Minneapolis, we put it out immediately. We were going to get, we were set to go into Seattle. We told them we're coming in, so they went in before us and they put it out. So we put it out. We've, every place we've touched has been good. And by the way, every city that's in trouble, every state, you look, Democrats, liberal Democrats, they've run them into the ground. Every city, the Republican cities are doing well. Great, actually. But every city that we've mentioned, the top 10 are all Democrat-controlled cities, whether it's governors, most cases, in all cases, mayors, and uh, Republicans have done well. So we've achieved more for Hispanic Americans in 47 months. Think of it, it just works out that way. I, I say it, I said it last night for a lot of people. I didn't use the word we, but I, I'll use it either way, I or we. But I've achieved more for Hispanic Americans in 47 months than Joe Biden has achieved in 47 years. And that's a statement that's a very important And I'll tell you, the best is yet to come. And what I thought is, uh, if you'd like, we could go around the room a little bit and tell us of uh, your experience. Also, questions you all, such highly respected people within the community. It's an honor to be with you. And I thought in front of the media, we could uh, talk a little bit. And you might tell us we'll go around this way.
because of Obama's administration, we suffered. We were punished. We were completely punished. He was not a friend to any of the Latinos or the blacks or any business people or women in general, okay? And during your administration, before this China pandemic, and he's right, before the China pandemic, I blame them because I feel sabotaged again, just like I did with Obama's administration. I'm uh, very on fire and very passionate because I respect you as a president. I know that uh, when I read the Art of the Deal, it, it comes from the Art of War, and I was so inspired that to be a businesswoman from that, from 1986, and I knew that you were going to be president, and I I was on board back in 1986. This is our president. He's got to be our president. So. What we've been doing as business owners, we've been sabotaged, especially here in Las Vegas, where our company, for example, provides major corporate events, hotels like this. Every single thing's been canceled. We've been sabotaged. We're going to lose our homes again. We're going to, I'm still fighting. Well, your governor has the state shut down, your it, Democrat governor. He shut down the state, and he's playing exactly. games with the ballots. He's playing games with ballots, and I hope they're watching him. I hope law enforcement is watching this guy. He's a political hack. He's got your state totally shut down, and it's really terrible. It's re it's one of the states that's still shut down. Please. It's killing. Thank you, President. And it's killing us. And we're back to 2008 again. We're being sabotaged, and we are in big trouble here, everybody. Wake up, and, and we all need to really get out there and get the Latinos on board. We have a campaign. We've been uh, really, really pushing to wake people up because they're, they're, they have a, a sabana de desiegetud. Okay, that means a, a blind uh, blanket over their eyes. And you have done so much for Nevada, for our country. I want to see the borders protected. I have family in Mexico City, and uh, they, they, they're actually, they, they are Republicans because they're capitalists. They all own businesses, and they don't like what's happening borders they've all suffered and that's what we need to let everybody know that our president is saving our country because we have to keep this border situation under control because isis has come through right. from mexico right. i know that for a fact i know what's happening right now my own family has been victim to loose borders and and loose uh government and corruption and president trump here i can tell you everybody okay the whole press he is the best incredible american president that's loves our country and we need to start respecting them okay because the left just basically wants to knock him down and uh it's not right and i will i'll, I'll stand and take a bullet for you thank you okay? no, i love you thank you and, thank I, you. and I also give you um, my condolences on behalf of my family in mexico also for your brother robert thank you, very much. Thank you for your time so much. thank you very much i love you I love you too. <laughs> and I Thank cried you. last time in the photo. I need a good photo with you without the crying because I don't forget. That's really nice. Thank you very much.
Social Security. You know, they all said uh, when I ran originally, oh, he's going to get rid of Social Security. It hasn't been touched. I'm saving it. They will get rid of it because this country will be such a mess. They'll have no choice. Uh, we're going to say we won't be touching Social Security. We're going to leave Social Security. We're going to make it stronger. But uh, they do false information. You know, they, they put that around, and it's just uh, it's just a lie. Uh, they are going to hurt Social Security. We're going to save it, and we're going to keep it. We're not going to be touching Social Security. We have a lot of people going to vote. We're very concerned about the uh, rigged election with the ballots because uh, this governor, he made it very hard to get a site last night where we had tens of thousands of people coming and pouring. Uh, many couldn't get in, and yet he made it hard. So what kind of thing is that when he's in charge of ballots? So he's making it hard for you to speak, right? Freedom of speech, making it hard for you to speak. And we call it a protest because, you know, when they have a protest, they're allowed to have a protest, right? But you're not allowed to go to church. So you don't have to, you can't go to church, but you can have a protest where people burn down your stores, like in Reno and other places, where they burn down your storefronts. So that's the way it is, but uh, we will uh, handle things very well. But we are worried about the ballots because we have a number of states, four, we have a number of states where uh, we have some very shaky Democrats, and the only way they're going to win is with uh, rigged ballots. And if you look at the history of these ballots over the last two or three years, you'll see some horrible things where there's been tremendous cheating. And the press knows that, but they don't want to report it because they're fake news. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it.
the talk of you didn't build that and we're going to build the economy from the middle class out, I knew he did not understand business. And so we listed our business uh, when he got inaugurated, sold it six months later. And me being not political, I said, I will work for every fiscal conservative business person that runs her office. And that's exactly what I did. And then um, I became recruited and ran for the state house. I actually won my election in 2014. And I was the first Republican Montana in the state house. And I realized that only 23% of the legislature had ever signed the front of a paycheck. So I went on, today I'm a city councilwoman, and I went on to, um, with, we now have three Republicans, I think historically, or at least for the first time, three Democrats and an independent mayor. And I can tell you that we will not defund the police as long good. as I'm there. That's good. Uh, the uncertainty of 
and order system and that's what we want. We want, we want law and order in our, in our cities and our communities and I think you are the president for that. I thank you very much and I agree with everybody here that says that you are the best president in decades, or at least in my lifetime. You are, and I love history. I, I can go back a couple of decades before I was born and I know that you are the best president. Thank you very much. God bless you.
She did it. She did a good job. She did a good job with the sun. I can see that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. That's great. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is hard work, but 
Wow. For the year, so we're That's starting. fantastic. We're growing, we're growing. We're still looking for places in, in Las Vegas to open more stores. Um, you know, people tell me, but you have so many here in Las Vegas. Why open more? Well, there, there's room for more. There's room for more. So, uh, that's what I have to say. And, and again, you know, we, we love the work you're doing. We love what you've done for us. I think you helped us a lot, you know, with your tax programs. Um, we benefit a lot from that. Well, your father would be very proud of you, right? Good job. That was a great job. Thank you. I do want to say my condolences to you with your brother. I do not travel to Mexico tomorrow. It's not easy. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you. Well, I want to thank everybody very much. This is fantastic. And again, uh, it's never been shown like this for a Republican. Republicans are good and Democrats are good, but there's never been anything quite like this. When we saw the uh, love last night, uh, and long before that, frankly, because I've been with the Latinos, the Hispanics, uh, you go by many different names, all different. Some prefer one, some prefer another. You know, we discuss it, and in the end, uh, they say, do whatever you want, call us whatever you want, because you've been the best that we've ever had. And uh, that's such an honor when people say that. Love you, and we will be with you, and we're never going to let you down. And I want to thank you all for being here. Very great. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus Christ, thank you for everything that you have given us. Thank you for all that you have shown us, for everything that you have done for us. Please guide us, lead us in this way, Lord. Show us what you want us to see. Don't let us be drunk off of our own knowledge. Don't let us lean on our own understanding, Lord. We need you. We need you to guide us during this time. These are difficult days. These are difficult challenges that we face every day, every second, Lord. Evil does not sleep. Protect us against the evil. Lead us to do your will and not our own, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.